This podcast is made in association with Wave Motion Canon. You can contact us on Twitter at Show or email us at warridesho at gmail.com. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes, like, subscribe, follow and share. Hello everyone, it's Watery Desho, uh, specifically Stream of Thought, coming back at ya on your AM, FM, maybe in the PM for you and yours, or if you're single, straight to your DMs. Congratulations to the 10 of those of you listening who actually got the right role on your loot boxes to listen to this podcast today. Thank you, players, for becoming payers. Oh... Expects it to get very topical today, folks, uh, for a variety of reasons, but I'm just going to proceed by making a quick and yet very verbose and insightful statement here. EA are dicks. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I think at this point, like, I don't necessarily consider myself like a big consumer advocate, but uh, it's it's pretty dirty. And considering the content of episode four of MMO Junkie, the anime that we are covering in Stream of Thought here on Watery Death Show, I think they deserve uh, all the lampooning that they will get in this episode. It's going to be a bit rough for them, let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, to introduce uh, the people talking, just in case for some reason you popped into this episode the first time that you've listened to a Watery Death Show production, uh, well, first, I'm sorry. Let me just get that out of the way. Gomenasai, sumimasen, etc. Yeah, what, mate? That bloke, uh, that affable bloke is Shadon. Hello, everyone. And I am the Subtle Doctor, and we're going to soldier on and talk about our favorite anime starring a 30-something female neat who loves online games and the hijinks that ensue. It's admittedly a bit of a one-horse race, but it's a race I'm enjoying watching. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, to summarize the plot of this episode, uh, the first thing I have in my notes, in all caps, is NEW LOOT BOXES! Yep! And then, yep. In, in regular font, I have AND A COIN DOUBLER. <laughs> So, yes, uh, this episode, indeed, is the loot box episode, because that's the majority of what it's about, at least, or at least in the first half. Uh, Fru de Mer gets a new update with loot boxes in it containing all sorts of various items. I think they're all cosmetic, so it gets a bit more of a pass than it would if you were playing, say... God, what's that game that's coming out very shortly? That one, <laughs> That one that's completely uncontroversial and very wholesome... Oh, yeah, Battlefront. Yeah, that's not what I remember. I think it's out. I know a friend of mine who uh, who works with me who's actually picking up the game this weekend, and I, I felt like I could have warned him. Yeah. But nah. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> You're so mean. <laughs> I, I, I have discussed with before about the problems with Battlefront 1, not least of which is that if you pre-ordered it, you got the best blaster in the game unlocked by default. Whereas if you didn't pre-order it, you had to get to max level through online progression to get that. 
So you had one group of people who played more and therefore had an objectively better gun than you did until you caught up with them through many, many hours of play. Fantastic! Like you said, to be fair, the the loot boxes in Fredemir. Fredemir. Do you want a horse? Yes, you do. I'll get one on Amazon Prime for you. How does that sound? Do you have the one-button click set up? Not for Hall Suvers, admittedly, but I think you can probably get those. Ship it. Uh, no, the loot boxes here like seem harmless enough, right? I mean, they're of the sort of Overwatch or Dota variety, which is to say mostly cosmetic, rather than, uh, you know, wrecking the skill curve or you know, making it so you don't have to play the game to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the aforementioned giant mega corp studio killer will do in in their games. But yeah, loot boxes. It's a big part of episode four, and it's really funny. Indeed. I laughed a lot. <laughs> you unfortunately have the old, you know, stigma about loot boxes like, you know, oh, um... I really want the first prize. And everyone just looks at Hayashi when he says that, as if he's just no. as if he's just uttered he who shall not be named name. You've tripped the greed sensor. The greed sensor, yeah. The, the you know, <laughs> the old wives' tale, it's <laughs> it's like I, I play on fruit machines in pubs occasionally, and there's always that little thing that says in your backyard, oh, I've won something, but if I put money back in now, it'll rinse me for it. It'll absolutely yeah. take all it. And I don't know if there's any truth for that or not. But you, you never know, in the back of your head, you just, because it's random chance, you can't but think, wait a minute. Hmm. Sports fans have, uh, you know, of course, are acquainted with this, uh, you know, when they utter things into the universe, like, our team is the best, you know, they are going all the way, they're they're going to win the championship, they're, or they're going to beat you, rival team, like, of course... There's a lot of experience with that coming back to haunt them and them eating crow, sticking mm-hmm. their foot in their mouth. So the modern sports fan has mastered what is known as the reverse jinx, right? So mm-hmm. you jinx your team by talking about how amazing they are. But mm-hmm. the idea with the reverse jinx is to play down your team and their chances and their talent uh, in hopes that the opposite effect will happen and you talk up their rivals, and you put that energy out into the universe so that the karmic wheel will turn and crush them and leave your team because you have been oh so humble about them. Indeed. In fact, when it comes to luck, I'm actually writing a novel on the very subjects of that and how people can attribute falsely, you know, providence or trends to things that are truly random. But that I'm going to save for another time. So, uh, mystery aside... um, One other thing we should mention before we go into the actual whole loot box skit and all the various silliness that follows from that is that we're actually introduced to a new character in the early part of this episode. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mention that, that there's, um, we see, uh, someone, not necessarily a new character in the game, but we see the IRL analog of one of the guild members. Uh Uh-huh. It's not like outright said who it is, but I think by their context clues enough, right, that you can figure out who it is in this episode you certainly know next episode but did you were were you able to piece it together this episode oh yes um i mean 
the very the color in the room was one uh guessing what you know yeah <laughs> there, there, yeah, there you <laughs> go i mean when if i were dating me a character like you know i wouldn't suddenly call him you know white or <laughs> uh you know or, mahog- <laughs> or, or mahogany or right. sky blue <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so yes, uh, in a circus's way, um, it's Lilac that we meet in real life here. Um, and Lilac is... Y- you know, right? Has there only been an instance in this show as of yet where we've seen one of the characters from the game portrayed in real life, apart from Morioka, of course, living in... How do I put it? destitution you know like a, me- a mess uh like you know they've got all the bags piled up everywhere of rubbish they haven't cleaned the room or anything like that like if i'd have taken the scene where we get introduced to uh, lilac in real life out of context i would have believed she was playing an mmo i would have thought she was doing anything else not uh-huh. to say that i believe that all people who play mmos of course are like that but like her room is very tidy it's very neat it's very girly feminine like you know like cats and such there not to mention that it, it looks big yeah that's one of the clues by the way the fact that she has a cat doll and of course in the lilac in game is uh half feline half human so right. there's that this is only brief mind you and and we do see a bit more of lilac later and get a bit more insight into her as well do we find out this episode uh more about her or is that a a lot more information is doled out next episode, although it's more in okay. the context of giving advice to Hayashi. Right, yes, okay. So I don't want to, yeah, don't want to get ahead of myself. So we see Lilac's IRL analog for a brief moment. We also, uh, before the loot box shenanigans start in the game, uh, we meet the, you know, fresh-faced young lad working at the convenience store, Fujimoto. Yes, indeed. He gets to have a chat. Finally, the the, the long delayed talk with Morioka, and finally, like, the, well, they have an awkward moment because she wants to buy a web money, but the the machine is down for maintenance for five minutes, and they just kind of stand there. After a few minutes of them kind of looking down at their feet, he's like, "You you know, it, it's a double points weekend," <laughs> and she's like, takes her a minute to like absorb it. And she's like, "Ah." what you play and then you know cut to a few minutes later and they're like deep in-game discussion yeah and when i say discussion it's like fujimoto is talking and she's just like has this her fists balled up very serious look on her face and she's just like "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm like i love like she's so serious about it talking about it in real life she's drinking that in in fact what, what i really like about this scene is um like Fujimoto like actually stops himself when he starts talking about it. So I'm sorry, I tend to ramble on and Morioka like reacts with like, no, no, keep going. Don't stop. Please. Please. More. <laughs> like tell yeah. me more. Speak with me more. And I was like, oh bless her. Cause bless. I, 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 I can absolutely sympathize this because the amount of times I've watched something or played something and I'm just there like, I want to, I want to talk about it. This is amazing. Let me, let me, well, why do you think I'm on a podcast? <laughs> there <Yeah>. you go. <laughs> Same. I'm going to hold my hand up. There you are. Sometimes you just need to, you just want to talk about something that's great and something that's meaningful to you. Exactly. It didn't surprise me at all that she had that reaction. And Lord knows what that's going to turn out to be like if she reacted that way towards Fujimoto when she finds out who Sakurai is eventually. Oh my God. She's... 
I think she might be so afraid. She's just gonna run and hide. She's gonna have if I hope it doesn't do this, but I could just totally imagine there being a scene of like her having a massive nosebleed and just passing out. <laughs> just just can't can't take the can't take the revelation yep. <laughs> and then all the things that follow from it. So yeah, totally. um, uh, Morioka and Fujimoto they get started in the conversation, but unfortunately, smokes gets in the way. Oh god, that guy. Yeah, I'm. I don't know what his name is, but to me, he's just called Smokes. We'll just call him Smokes. The yeah, the loud. How do you describe this guy? He just sort of like is indifferent to the situation happening in front of him. I don't know. Very self-involved. <laughs> Let me get this. I mean, granted, actually, that you know what, Fujimoto and Moriko are probably actually the self-involved ones, but I. I care about them, so I'm laying all the blame at the feet of the guy that wants to use the convenience store as it's intended. Go somewhere else, man. He has to, but the thing is, he hasn't even started smoking yet, and already he's killing things off, specifically the mood. How dare he? But that being said, that's not the last time they will speak, though. No, no. Oh. By no means. And she'll be back. And, you know, when she leaves, there's that long pause, and he tells her to come again, and it's starting to become an Otome game. <laughs> some ways by the end of the episode it full on becomes an Otome game but we'll we'll get there we'll get there so Moriko becomes Hayashi and takes her web money to begin the buying of the loot boxes and in leading up to this there's a couple of really funny scenes one in which is like a call out to all card battle anime oh, where oh yes exaggeratedly draws her web money card <laughs> and then meekly puts in the numbers. She would make a great Magic the Gathering player. Yes, I agree. I, I would watch a tournament in which Maroka plays that. She just did that every single time. It's like every Yu-Gi-Oh! and Card Fight Vanguard and future Card Buddy Fight episode I've ever seen. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I wish I had the courage just to do that in regular life, like when yes! I go out shopping. <laughs> like, if I ever go food shopping, I just want to go and see... Visa of plus 30 to spending! <laughs> and can I get cash back, please? Dura. Debit the card! <laughs> <laughs> if only, if only. Uh, uh, there was another really funny scene here that reminded me of a w- moment from World of Warcraft, actually, I remember seeing once. Um, so, Lilac's like there, gabbing off about her outfit, and then out of nowhere, Poyo logs in. But he oh, logs in. this is great. But he logs in, and it turns out he ends up, in, like, on top of her. And... <laughs> and oh, the clipping. <laughs> it clips into it. I've seen that happen when we've zoned into raids, and it's just led to some really odd freak show moments. Like, oh my god, there's an arm out my chest! What the... <laughs> and poor Lilac, she's like, I want to show off my outfit, and then he... But she gets, like, absorbed into this tubby man. I mean, it's, like... Proved the mayor's version of Kang and Kodos from a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hey Ashley, we got to stop. No, I can't do the accent. I'm sorry. I, I really wish <laughs> I is... could do the Krang accent. I remember he made a lot of like sounds. Yeah, you, you're right. Like in between his uh, various talkings. Yep, he, he he did have those mannerisms, but he was also just a giant floating um, tonsillitis or t- you know thing <laughs> tonsil in a, a in brain a... with a face and two tentacles shoved into the torso of 
a crash test dummy, basically. <laughs> pretty much, yes, pretty much. So ah, uh, the our youth, our spent youth. Anyway, all speaking right. of spending, another I thought kind of significant moment before the actual spending occurs. Lilac realizing that she has some kind of crush on uh, Hayashi and mm-hmm. or sort of who she thinks maybe is playing Hayashi. I think those are kind of bundled up together, but you know, she's sort of longing for the thing that that she can't have uh, watching him interact with Lily from afar mm. who by the way when she came into the scene that was incredible basically but, yeah just like heard the words buy loot boxes and her head shot out of the bushes like with a gleam in her eye <laughs> it, that, we actually forgot to mention one of my other favorite lily bursting out of nowhere scenes from the when she drops out of the tree in the previous well the previous ones i don't remember which one it was but oh yes her... hanging upside down <laughs> i can forgive Correct me if I'm wrong, but like when that happened, first I thought, did the frame rate just jump up there a bit when she bursts out of that tree? It felt like it. And then secondly, I thought, why does this remind me of Studio Ghibli? This is a good thing it's reminding me of Studio Ghibli. But it reminds me of Studio Ghibli. I'd, I'd have to rewatch that cut. There's, there's, yeah. there's something about her incredibly goofy smile that like, <laughs> made me think, I've seen this somewhere before. At least it reminds me of But yes, um, so we got a lot of comic wacky hijinks, including yes. something many many loot box uh, openers or people who play gacha games attest to where you get somewhere between jack and shit on your first roll. I mean, well, and the fact that, like, I felt like, was it, was it this year's Call of Duty? I don't know oh, if they've done it before, but I knew yeah. that there's like a social space to, where you can watch people open loot boxes. It's on the Normandy Beach. <laughs> or it's, if it's not on the Normandy <laughs> Beach, it's in like I I just thought to myself when I heard about that, I thought it's insensitive. This is what our grandfathers and great grandfathers died. My grandfather for. did serve in World War Two, as it <laughs> happens. He was in he was in the Navy, mind you. He didn't do the beach landing, but I think to myself, like, if I showed him this, he'd probably look at it and say, the fuck is this shit? Anyway, whatever. Loot boxes are terrible. Unless they... <laughs> they're unless they, Unless they're used for comedy, which they are here. Yes, and through them air, yeah, they're okay. Yeah. Uh, and Hayashi, of course, you know, spends all the money on them and, like you said, gets some, some fairly basic shit at the beginning, but ends up uh, getting a couple nice things, uh, and Lily basically gets an entirely new wardrobe because <laughs> Lily will keep buying web money until she gets exactly what she wants. Yes, indeed. Um, something that's also crops up in this scene that's really important, I think, um, is that there's a discussion of fashion and looks, and that's cropped up occasionally here and there, like. When in the first episode, I think uh, Lily gives Hayashi like this really uh, rare dye color for like dyeing clothes. Mm-hmm. And then they're saying like, you know, Lily, you need to dye your clothes. And like Lilac, no, your outfit looks better this way, etc. Um, so I think that after, um, to cut back a little bit, when Moriko actually leaves the store, she freaks out a little bit over how she looks when she was talking to Fujimoko. Like she said, I have no makeup on. I I I look like a complete wreck. And then in the game, 
we've got people obsessing over appearance as well, like, this item goes good for you. I mean, after all, um, one of Lily's comments when she gave the robe to Ayashi in the previous episode um, was, does it not suit your taste? Again, is this not conflating behavior in the real world with... Ah, the parallels. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it'll become even more prominent in next episode, which, of course, we won't discuss now, but that there are certainly more instances where this behavior crosses over. I don't think that that necessarily applies to everyone. I mean, I know that there are probably people out there who would obsess over every minute detail of their online avatar in a MMO or even in an RPG. Like, I spent way more time than I should have done in Mass Effect when I was customizing armor cores and stuff to get the right look and feel for, mm-hmm. like, the characters. I do obsess over that a little bit. <laughs> and in turn, those people may not necessarily take care of their look and so much outside. Um, it varies from person to person. But I think what the anime is trying to say here is that the desire to craft and hone your appearance uh, is a trait that man- is, is internal and manifests itself in different ways, different means. It's not something specific to just real life or a game. You can do both. And it's from the same core idea of wanting to have a unique look, something that fits, something that suits your sensibilities. We are all in an MMO right now. Oh, don't red, don't don't start doing that red pill nonsense, man! Come on. What, what if, if I, I told you? No. I, what what if what if you told me? What what are you going to tell me that you know that loot boxes are, are good? Get out of here. Go 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 home, fake Morpheus. I'm not interested. What if I told you that? I'm sorry, I got nothing. Well, okay. I've got so. Well, I just had a thought. Like, imagine if the Matrix, right, when Morpheus holds out his hands. Instead of like the red pill and the blue pill said, you take this loot box and you take this loot box. It may have a red pill in it. It may have something else in it. Like that... Either way, you could just end up going home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Um... I'm sorry, Neil, but your loot box contained a couple of used condoms, a toilet roll, um, a couple of buttons, some, some lint. Here's another bug that uh, Agent Smith put in your belly. That's in your loot box. Oh, God. Got another one of those for your inventory. Remember when The Matrix was an MMO for, like, a, a hot second? Oh, that was in the era before MMOs really refined themselves. <laughs> and It was supposed well, to be such a thing. Well, it was It was canonical continuation of the story, and I remember yeah, reading it. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading about it after the fact, and in the very first story chats, they just outright killed off Morpheus, and I'm like, great. Good one. Guess they don't want to pay Lawrence Fishbourne any royalties after a certain <laughs> point. <laughs> don't want to use his likeness, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, we, we put Morpheus like... in the game. And, <laughs> and now he's getting like 2%. What if we just use canned lines that have already been recorded and we don't, and then we just kill the character? What if I told you I'm We just dead. have him walk out and then he just says, free your mind, and then gets hit by a truck. <laughs> we don't have to pay him anything. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's a repeat of the scene where he leaps over the uh, building, but he doesn't make it, so he just goes, falls, like, <laughs> we, makes a noise from the, makes a noise Wiley Coyote makes when he falls off the, uh, off the side of a cliff. Anyway, Matrix fanfic aside. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say that Kanbei is so wrong about that look not suiting Lilac? I really liked her clothes. I thought she looked really cute. She yeah, actually looked fine in them. Um, but again, like I think that you know, this is t- something that ties in. Even though he might be wrong about, at least or we might think he's wrong about objectively it. wrong. There's no we think he's just wrong. <laughs> okay, he's objectively wrong. But um, 
again, this is a thing like Lilac is listening and taking in what he's saying. And there's, again, more discussions of appearance and, you know, sensibilities. So put pin all of this stuff about fashion for a later point. It'll become more mm. relevant. Um, but again, I think this is another case of the show testing its own thesis. Which is appreciated. Yeah. Did you know Poco and Himeralda were married? Uh, they mentioned, like, in the... Yeah. Uh, Before this episode, I had no idea. <laughs> no, um, but again, that's not unheard of. Like, I know of I know of people who did, like, you know, let their partners log in on their character. Um, so crazy. <laughs> that was great. And, and like, re-watching it the second time, I could especially sort of tell that the Seiyu was different. Yeah. Um, and that was that was supposed to tip you off. I didn't catch it the first time, but um, but the voice actor for Himeralda was talking as Poco at that point. That Convey said, "Stop doing that." <laughs> but again, we've got another thing that also ties into the other stuff. In that now, like we flat out don't know even who is playing Poco at any point given time, guy or girl, or who. Da -da -da. We... So again, you careful what you think or what you assume about people because you never know when it might switch around we get it, it's deconstructing a lot of assumptions here that people might otherwise make mm -hmm. and it's only going to keep doing that from here on out which i again appreciate yeah i'm not sure if it's going to like have a a, a sort of um Point is not the right word, but a sort of poignant thrust or try to say something very sharp. But it certainly is laying out a lot of different pieces, which is cool, which is cool. Uh, the next big kind of thing that happens in the episode post loot box hijinks. By the way, you can you can stop listening now, uh, Jim. We are we are done talking about loot boxes. But I'm Jim motherfucking Sterling! <laughs> Son. And I, will, and I will not stop talking about loot boxes while other people stop talking about loot boxes. Loot boxes are the fucking devil! Loot boxes are things that Satan himself shits out into the toilet and flushes down into the gaping mouths of ignorant gamers! I will stop talking about loot boxes when the game industry stops fucking about. I actually do agree with Jim's point, though, so as much as I might be having a chuckle here... Yeah, fuck Luke. Oh God, yes, I I'm a big fan of his, big fan of his, and uh, yeah, I, like I said, not a, not a consumer advocate most of the time myself in a in a huge way, but um, but I can get behind being upset about this sort of thing. I'm I'm upset about it just because of the principle of what you might happen with kids getting hand on it. Oh like, sweet goodness! <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's bad enough. Like my, I can't tell you how many like Amazon videos my toddler has bought accidentally because it's just so damn easy yeah he's watching he's watching stuff and you know one of us has like stepped in the kitchen to refill his his juice and then he just pushes uh the okay button because the episode has ended and voila you know 2.99 on the next episode spent yeah I mean, you, you're putting people in skinner boxes with this stuff essentially yeah and with kids that's a dangerous thing to do not least of which is because you'll lose a shit ton of money on it but also it then promotes gambling behavior and, and addictive behavior at that. Mm, mm -hmm. So I have a feeling that at some point there's going to be regulation on, on loot boxes in that respect. Um, yeah, I could I have mean... been, I could have merely be wrong on what services like, or what safeguards are in place on games like this, but I don't get the impression that there's a, you know, 
you can say buy five loot boxes, but it puts them in a, in a let's say in Overwatch. I'll just use that example. If if you know better than I do, folks, please by all means educate me and tell me. I'm more than happy to be up to date on this. But imagine if you say you bought five loot boxes and you're playing on an account which is paid for by your parents, but you yourself are say fourteen, and it recognizes your age from the age that you put in when you create this account, and then puts it into a these loot boxes into a pending state, which the parents have to verify after the fact. You know, your parents will get pinged an email. Your kid has just tried to buy five loot boxes. Are you happy with this? Yes or no? As buttons. I, I That's why I would like to see if that doesn't already exist. Because I don't mind, like, the idea of, you know, having this available if you regulate it. I'd rather, it, mm-hmm. you know... As long as it's cosmetic and regulated in that way for, like, young kids and such, great, by all means. Fine by me. But if it's not, then they can just literally, you know, rack up $200 or whatever of loot boxes on their parents' credit card without them knowing... Uh, no. No thanks. Fuck off. Speaking of dropping $200 on a credit card, let's talk about Koiwai and Sakurai having lunch. Again! Because that is what uh, happens next in the episode. More of them eating together. I, I would I would swear if I didn't know they were their office clerks, I'd think they were restaurant critics. Yes, exactly. Because that's all we ever see of them so far in restaurants. Yeah, we don't really see them doing their work. Well, at, at, I think next episode we briefly see him in the office. But yeah, so far we've only seen them eating. So uh, Sakurai, of course, is overanalyzing his behavior towards uh, Morimori-chan. And, uh, <laughs> sort of, it comes out, like, uh, Koiwai teases him about stalking her, because apparently ah. he's been going to, uh, the convenience store at different hours to try to, like, chance meeting into her, and he's thinking about her, trying to figure out, like, did he say something wrong, and, like, as a person that, uh, is an overthinker, I entirely sympathize with his, uh, actions here. Same here. It's really nice that his senpai, Koiwai, like, really pays attention and, like, seems to notice how down his kohai, Sakurai, here is. Mm. And it's nice that he notices and wants the help, but he and he has this idea of wanting to help that I, that I hope and pray is not ultimately disastrous and doesn't lead to a passel of frustrating moments. Yeah, Koai has a very unique way of helping, shall we say, in that he tends to he tends to push people's buttons in order to provoke them to action. Um, there is a particular scene in a future episode that is, from what I've heard, admittedly third hand here, uh, a wee bit controversial, shall we say, but we'll come to that, of course. But in this particular scene, uh, something to note. So, Sakurai says. Am I a stalker? And Kowai, of course, responds with the absolute, you know, headshot put down of, you're not like a stalker, you are a stalker. Right. <laughs> Which was just yeah. brutal. I was like, damn. <laughs> the cold, tough love here. But for, <laughs> would you think of it right? What was Lily complaining about in the game? Hmm. You know, getting harassed by people, being followed around. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Ah. <laughs> That's interesting. I hadn't connected that. So again, we've got an instance of behavior crossing over. 
And yeah. Sakurai, as much as he has tried to avoid or says he wasn't down with that way he was treated there, has now himself fallen prey to that behavior. This doesn't legitimize it, mind you. I'm not saying, like, you know, he's realized it's okay for him to do that. Um, but at least he is being self-reflexive about it, although he doesn't make the connection. But once again, like with the fashion stuff, that thesis is just basically being snapped over over the knee. And it's interesting to see him humanize in that way that, you know, sometimes people do make mistakes. Or at least they can self they can self-correct before things progress to a nasty point. Mm-hmm. So I felt that was interesting when you consider in the context of his previous words as Lily, that he wasn't down with the way that people treat him and now he's without making the connection, but still at least recognizing it, engaging in the same behavior in the real world. At, at least his intentions are not are not bad, and he's, you know, I think he has a gentle hand. Uh, he's just, he's thinking about her a lot, and I mean, I guess when you do put it like he's going to the spot that she frequents to try to bump into her, like, that that is a little... Oh man, I yeah, mm, that, I'm mm. not, I'm not okay. Like with that. when you abstract it from the like cute anime stuff, it's it's a little bit much, I think. Um, whether she meant it or not, like the message he's received is that he's been turned down. Mm-hmm. So I guess the thing that he ought to do really is just email her again. But you know, he's got his personal issues uh, and foibles. Yep. So. Something I imagine a lot of people uh, can relate to, I would suspect. I've certainly found it difficult to phrase messages that I've sent to people, even people I'm not necessarily romantically interested in. Yeah. And again, we had Marioka having the exact same problem. She herself, you know, struggles immensely with phrasing anything. Yeah, they both have this hang-up. Except when there's no audience. Except Mm -hmm. us, the audience. Like, at that point, she can cut loose and just, like, you know, make crazy, like, things like, you know, just running around with a limp roller. (laughs) I do think the bigger douche, though, than Sakurai, who I'm going to forgive because I'm a double standard practicing jerk, uh, and he is a sweet, misguided man who I love. Uh, The bigger douche is Koiwai, who basically comments on Morioka's breast size out loud yeah i mean it's one thing to uh take notice of that and in your mind you know you're thinking thoughts and that's things are just happening but he seems to have taken many more steps than that and you know for the sake of the story because he did that it reminded him of who in fact that was it was muri muri and so uh, he is going to go and w- do what looks like uh, the ultimate cock block. He uh, kind of forces his way uh, into, I say that because, you know, she's very shy and won't really turn him down. And, of course, they know each other from their previous job as established last episode. And he kind of, like, invites uh, himself out with her to have drinks and puts her in this position where she, you know, she basically has to say yes. Uh, and again, it looks like the ultimate cock block, but 
what he really has in mind is bringing uh, Sakura-chan along and uh, pushing those two lovebirds together. Yeah, I think that Koi is a, is a flawed individual, unfortunately, uh, with his, you know, old male gaze thing and all that like. But I wonder if this is meant to provide a certain amount of ambiguity. We don't know, I don't know what to think of him, even as far as long as we've got now, never mind at this episode, like, what is his end game here? I want to say that his end game is him playing this really, like, ridiculous uh, ch- chess master nonsense of, like, he's he's being the Scylla Black while to, uh, that's, that's an estimable reference, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> he's Yeah, he's, you know, bringing the tear together while also getting in on the action. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the, we as the audience, I suspect, are not really meant to root for him, but he's the one who's actually pushing things forward for the pair. So He is. He is, it, and he, you know, he brings out a lot of... He creates a lot of funny situations for both of them. Yeah. I, I mean, I, t- I don't know. I, we'll have to see how things progress. Uh, so, unfortunately, after, you know, admonishing Sakurai for that, he then ends up going to the same convenience store, bumps into her by chance, and then badges her in well not badges her but so much like overwhelms her to the point like and then the the fucking smug little prick that he is he comes <laughs> back into the office <laughs> and he's like hey sakura chan what do you reckon this is <laughs> i'm just like look what i got i'm just like jesus it's it's the scene from uh goodwill hunting do you like apples what do you like apples? <laughs> I got a number. How do you like them apples? Oh, <laughs> there, there is an absolutely wonderful reaction face from Sakurai here, which I think I might steal and just sense people who are pissing me off. Um, if you'll allow me just an indulgence, folks, I'm actually going to snip this and send it to Doc now so he knows the one I'm referring to. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> That's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> That's that, the best. That's that's the face of someone who's what too nice who's too nice to punch you in the dick, but really yeah. is thinking about it. <laughs> oh my god. So incredible. Um I have in my notes from when from when Koiwai and uh Moriko met in the convenience store in all caps eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> Because she's just doing her thing, turns, and there's a man, like, just staring at her, and it, like, <laughs> something kind of snaps in her brain. <laughs> it's great. And, like, he won't stop talking to her. She's, like, embarrassed, but also flattered. That that mixture of the two, I guess. Um, mm. And it's it amused me. Uh, but, yes... Uh, the episode ends as I think all the episodes have ended so far with a heart-to-heart between Hayashi and Lily. And I think that that's happening on purpose to um, reinforce that games as ritual and comfort message that we mm. kind of talked about last time. Um, and, you know, Hayashi spills the... Uh, the beans in a manner of speaking uh like he tells about morioka's personal issues that have been happening but mm-hmm. of course 
with flipped genders because Hayashi is meant to be a man. Mm-hmm. And Sakurai, with perfect intention, uh, sorry, with perfect intuition here, uh, razor sharp, uh, immediately figures it out. Just kind of shocked by that, and boom, end of episode. Shocks to the point in which, like, he is Lily, just like stops dead. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that's the end of the episode at that point. So now things are starting to happen where the the hints are being laid, connections are being formed, and we've got to find out what happens next uh, to uh, Sakurai and how he deals with the very strong possibility that the blue-haired, like, Bishonin-like-looking flip-floppy man in front of him in this game world might very well be the woman he wants to ask out to dinner. It's a tangled, uh, a tangled web that has been woven. Absolutely, in the world of Fru de Mer. So, what are your your thoughts on this one overall, Shadon? Uh, much the same as the previous. It keeps on trucking. We're getting more info about characters. We're learning more. Um, the the show is continuing to test the thesis, which I think is important. I'm a bit curious if it will actually then fully answer that. Like, I I very much wonder. Um, what the relationship between uh, Sakurai and Moriko will be like after they finally realize who they, you know, who each other is. And by after that, I mean also after they've, you know, become close. I want to see, like, for example, how much time the show will devote to showing them both in real life versus in the game. Like, would it be an even amount? Like, after that, after that moment, will it be like, you know, them spending more time out in the real world? Will it be them enjoying their time in Fru de Mer? Will it be a mix of the two? What will be the conclusion of this quest, of this prodding here, of this um, of this examination? Um, but overall, it's still a very solid continuation. It's still very funny. Uh, it's still very harmful. I I think the the black mark here, depending on your own feelings and your own standards, might be Koiwai's behavior. But we. The problem with that behavior, though, is that we don't know if it's serving an ulterior motive for the for the greater good. If he actually is doing it out of genuine uh, fondness for Sakurai, despite how much he takes the piss out of him. Or if he himself is just, you know, well, hey, why not? And he's just, you know, rubbing it in Sakurai's face because he can in the meantime. In some ways, he comes across almost as like the jock of the show, dare I say. I still don't hate him. There are flaws no, to his character. No, no, no. Um, but I think the characters are indeed allowed to be flawed. I mean, like you mentioned the scene, for example, about where he appears at Morico's rack. And, you know, right, on the face value of it, I should be annoyed at that. But the show itself keeps it very brief and it just illustrates the point about his character. Characters can are allowed to be flawed. They are. Characters are, characters are allowed to be, like, you know, jerks and, uh, in some respect. Like, you can have people who are nice, but also in some other ways are quite mean. It's not unheard of. I think it actually would be called good writing. Like, if you can make characters round of where they have some elements that, you know, like maybe Kawhi is indeed trying to get Sakurai together with Morico, but he himself can't, you know, resist a quick look, shall we say. I think that's right. I mean, this being fiction, of course, like, these things all have to be communicated to us somehow or other there has to sometimes be a degree of uh not over exaggerating but like emphasis and time placed on certain moments or or thoughts or words actions like 
to get across to the audience that hey this is happening yeah oh absolutely i think and i think again like there's a difference between understanding a character's behavior and agreeing with it and i think that in fiction you are more than welcome to write a character who is a complete prick as long as you can understand their why they're doing it you don't necessarily have to agree with it otherwise we'd never have compelling villains in fiction so you know what i'll I'll allow Kowai to make his, uh, you know, his little male gaze, you know, like, I'm up here, not down there. I'm up here, please. You know, eyes up, please. Moment. Yes. So I'll, I'll allow that because it's in the service of establishing his character, but also muddying the waters as to what his intent is. I'm hoping that it's not so simple as him actually just being a complete douchebag and it was just a facade all along and he was playing the long game and he was doing it also to just to fuck with Sakurai. I'd, yeah. I'd be very yeah, yeah. sour on the show if that turned out to be the case. Even though some might argue, I mean, I can see the devil's advocate arguing here, that we need a, a an antagonistic force, shall we say. No, no, no. We need, no, we need, no, we need a Gaston. No, no, no. Oh, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I just, I'm just offering the, the other side of the coin. Sure. Sure. So, uh, if you had to put a rating on it, and you do. Oh, I, oh, I will. I'll give it four loot boxes out of five. Very good. I suppose that gives me a good chance of getting the top prize. The top prize is the next episode of the show. Don't fuck it up, Doc. Beware the greed sensor. I think you had to give your racing, I believe. Was going to be a 3.5 out of 5. But I think that the douchery of the two male characters uh, just it, it hampered my enjoyment a little bit. Uh, so I think ultimately I'm going to give this one a 3.25 web money cards <laughs> out of five. Nice, nice. Just a, a smidge of a uh, just a smidge of a downgrade. Oh, man, you get harsher and harsher on the show as it goes along. Your rating has declined over time. Yeah, so I, I guess I'm comparing episodes to each other and maybe the you know there's some bias in terms of my experience on first watch and my experience on rewatch but but i don't want to give the impression that i'm not truly enjoying the show and i'm delighted by it because <laughs> no, i really no, really no, am of uh, last episode i think i gave a four um if, if i recall my ratings were four three five four and now uh three two five mm-hmm. so yeah, this one's slight, slightly lower, but would have been on par with episode two. You know, and this is not meant to be an objective, of course, rating, just a rating reflecting my own personal enjoyment of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In other words, the most objective. It's so subjective, it comes all the way back around to being the truth, all caps. Dun, dun, dun. Believe it, or burn in the fires of hell. Man, you're turning into some like big brother-esque <laughs> figure here, Doc. Like you're becoming the unsubtle doctor. Like your your nega self. Righto. Uh, thanks so much, everybody, for joining us once again for our stream of thought on recovery of an MMO junkie episode four. Shadon, plug yourself. Well, uh, I don't know what you want <laughs> to plug myself into here. Um, Give me a couple of minutes and I'll find something. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, you may find me on Twitter at Shade Ten Ten. Uh, I have a curious cat, which is curiouscat.me forward slash Shaden. Uh, generally speaking, if ever you put my name in anything and just search from there, you'll find it. 
Probably best you don't do that on OkCupid, though. I don't have a profile there. Nah. I don't uh, know what you uh, might uh, find, uh. folks. I don't I don't <laughs> know what you might find. Um, I also am afraid to say I do not appear in loot boxes. I'm sorry. That's what a bummer. I was going to buy gift cards this afternoon. I, I am, however, a pre-order bonus, so there you go. I'm <laughs> arguably just as bad. Whereas I, I am only part of the season pass. Aww. And who, who knows if they'll ever get around to putting me in your in your downloads folder. Well, what, are you being developed by Capcom? Maybe. Oh, what a what a cruel fa- twist of fate that is. No, wait, wait a minute. I have it right here. Here, let me get the the contract. Uh, let's see. The company. It's a company called Konami. Oh. What does that mean? Um. Uh, things about language. Uh. Will I be put in a video game? Regrettably, yes. Uh. Not a pachinko game. A console video game. Oh, God. What? Subtle docks to survive? <laughs> You're going to fall through a portal I... into, a, into, a, into another world where... You know what? Fuck it. Fuck you, Konami. Fuck you, EA. Fuck loot boxes. Watch this show. Not fuck all you guys out there who are listening to this. Thank you again. We love you. And... We will be back uh, very soon with the next Stream of Thought for Episode 5. Until then, embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. And don't buy loot boxes, for fuck's sake, we've got talks about this. Don't do it! Matane. <laughs> <laughs>